0: Chaos Monkeys by Antonio Garcia Martinez One sentence summary Chaos Monkeys is a fun behind-the-scenes look that lifts the veil on some of the weird, mysterious and sometimes questionable practices going on behind closed doors of mega startups in Silicon Valley. My favorite quote from the author is Ideas without implementation or without an exceptional team to implement them are like assholes and opinions. Everyone's got one. Antonio García Martínez. Fifteen years ago, it sounded more like a fairy tale than a true story. Three to four guys rent a house, sit on the living room floor with their laptops, work 24-7, eat nothing but pizza and drink Red Bull until they pass out, keep this up for a year and then suddenly swim in cash. Nowadays, this scenario seems very much within shot. So much, in fact, that way more people go for it than actually should. Because now every McKinsey consultant with a music app idea thinks he can be the next Mark Zuckerberg. When we're trying to find a cause for this startup mania, we usually quickly point to Silicon Valley, the mecca of tech, startups and software companies. Today's book is an inside look at it. More so, it reveals some of the unspoken and sometimes dirty ongoings behind the scenes of startup giants like Facebook, Twitter and Google, all from first-hand experience. Antonio Garcia Martinez's career path reads like a roller coaster ride. He worked at Goldman during the financial crisis, a startup afterwards, founded his own, sold that to Twitter, but then went on to work at Facebook. Here are my three favorite lessons from Chaos Monkeys, which show it's not all gloss and glamour down in the valley. 1. Immigrants go as far as faking marriages to be able to move to San Francisco. 2. If you want to build your own company and make it, you have to be a little crazy. 3. Facebook's security team acts in the shadows, and for good reason. Ready for a point of view report from one of Silicon Valley's most prominent chaos monkeys? Let's take a closer look. Chaos monkeys lesson 1. Startup employees sometimes enter fake marriages just so they can move to San Francisco for work. This answers the question, how crazy is the hype around San Francisco really? Way back in Europe in the 18th century, people who hadn't won the ethnic and cultural lottery, for example by being born poor or with a certain racial background, had few options. There was no way for a peasant to become king, or for a Jew to just shed his religion, if Jews were being discriminated against in his country. But once the first European settlers had made it to America, a new hope arose. People could try to flee their country, make the dangerous trip to the new world, and start fresh. To do so, many happily entered gruesome deals like serving as a slave for the master who take them across the big pond. Fortunately, we're long past that. But as always, history repeats itself. H-1B visas, which are the type of visas non-immigrant foreign workers require in the US, are almost impossible to get. Only 8% of all 200,000 applicants trying to get one to work in Silicon Valley in 2013 received one. Even worse, if they are then fired or their startup fails, the visa expires, so they usually accept low salaries and bad working conditions. Plus, it takes 5 years before they can apply for a green card. To avoid all this, it's not all that rare that startup employees trying to move to San Francisco or the Valley enter fake marriages like one of the author's co-founders, Argiris, Since his longtime girlfriend was getting a PhD in the US, being her husband would qualify him for an F2 student spouse visa and allow him to stay in the US. So they married a bit earlier than they would have. Chaos Monkeys Lesson 2 If you really want to build a company that makes it, there's no way you can't be crazy and obsessed. This answers the question, are startup founders really that crazy? The year Antonio spent as the CEO of Adgrok, his own startup providing software to optimize Google Ads before they sold it to Twitter, was shaped by long work nights, dozens of tech events, giving up hobbies, books, movies, friends and basically living family life only via Skype. In the end, Adgrok sold to Twitter for 5 million dollars, but it took a fair share of insanity to get there. The main word used to describe startup founders in this context, by both themselves and those close to them, is obsessed. Until they've made it, whatever that means to them, nothing else matters. By the way, that's not just for startups. Even if you just, quote-unquote, want to build a normal business, you have to be crazy enough to refuse to give up on it until it works. I see it with 4-minute books. Most of my friends think I'm crazy. I don't buy stuff, I voluntarily get up early, I often work 10-12 to hours a day to manage this and school, and I work most weekends. The thing about being crazy this way is, we don't mind. We're in for the long run, the big reward, the payoff we know will come. And we'd rather die trying than not go for it. Chaos Monkeys Lesson 3 Facebook's ninja security team acts in the dark because it'd be scary to reveal the kind of stuff they take care of. This answers the question, what are some of the -the behind-the-scenes practices going on at Facebook? Working at Facebook's security team really must be a shitty job. You have to look at scams, violent status updates and weird pornographic content all day long. Flag it and then remove it from the system. Even worse, you'll get zero credit for your work because if you do it well, no one will ever know about it. Only if you screw up and something slips through the cracks can you expect to get flack. To deal with this, the security team has created an internal group called Sculps at Facebook, which lists all taken down photos and profiles, so they can at least comment each other's work. Apart from this group, keeping a closed lid on this line of work is probably a good idea. If people knew how many scammers and sex offenders hang around on Facebook, they'd probably stay away from the platform altogether. But again, this is just one of the many dirty secrets of Silicon Valley. Here's what I learned from Chaos Monkeys by Antonio Garcia Martinez. First of all, awesome name by the guy. I hope I didn't butcher it. I try to pronounce things the way they're supposed to be pronounced, but I only had very little Spanish education. Um, and so please don't. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're a. Uh, hispanic or spanish-speaking person please don't <laughs> please don't shun me for pronouncing it wrong so uh, i think this was kind of cool right because it was an inside look from a guy who had done it who worked there and who says you know what there's all kinds of shit going on here let's spill the beans uh, that was kind of cool it was kind of refreshing not only because he's worked at multiple of the startups uh, he's crazy too obviously uh, i mean all the stuff given all the stuff he's done and so on but in a good way i think So that was kind of cool. Um, I want to talk about, speaking of shady practices and startups and venture capital and so on, I want to talk about cryptocurrency for a little bit because there's something new happening that's very similar to all the startup hype that's been going on. Um, I also want to talk about one specific startup that uh, comes to mind that was like a huge scam. Um... Yeah, and I have one more story I I want to share. So let's start with the little story. The little story is I read this on Medium and I've repeatedly read posts on Medium about this where people basically didn't get paid. So, uh, and that's a problem when you're in San Francisco because San Francisco is hella expensive. So this uh, i think it was a it was a girl and she wrote uh, she wrote about a post about working at a startup and she'd been there for only a couple of months and when she realized the founders had lied about everything about how much money they'd raised about how they were spending that money and they were secretly wasting all that money on i don't know investing or or buying lambos or i don't know but they wasted all the money and the startup didn't have any and these people didn't get paid and they had to take out loans and everything and move and it was horrible and she just wrote her own story on medium and that happens more often than you'd think so scams with startups are very much real right people think oh yeah it's easy money we'll get the vc money and then we'll blow it and nothing happens because legally the vc can't do anything because it's a risk considered a risky investment that's a problem. That's especially a problem when you live in San Francisco, where it's hella expensive. So there are answers on Quora. You can look it up. Um, it's The question is like, what does it feel to make $100,000 a year and still feel poor? Uh, and that's targeted at people living in San Francisco, right? And there's developers saying, actually, it's true, right? If you make six figures there, you can't really live. It's insane, right? Because the rent alone is, if you want to rent a house, that's like, 10,000 bucks or so a month, I don't know, It's or 5,000 plus, I don't know, it's crazy. Um, If you have a family to feed and so on, it's ridiculous, right? You make six figures and you get, I don't know, a third of the living standard you would get even in America elsewhere, let's say Kentucky or so. So that's a problem. Um, The other thing, the startup, okay, it was called, I think, Juicero or Juicero... Juicero, I think. Yeah, Juicero. So it was founded in 2013. Um, and what this company did, <laughs> it's kind of funny in retrospect. So, Juicero was, um, they made a juicer, right? A juicing machine. And the way it worked was you got bags that had the produce inside them, and then you put the bag in the machine, and, and the machine would use a high-density compression kind of mechanism with tons of pressure and push the produce out of the bag into your into your glass. And it was freshly made produce. Uh, they sold it in, I don't know, pound bags or something, Um and you put it into, into the machine and then you had fresh juice and the basically the vegetables were, I don't know, they were cut fresh uh, a couple of days before you got your package and then you had really, really fresh juice um, to make it home, right? That was the idea. This idea, the startup, they collected $120 million in funding in venture capital, right? Over a couple of years. And... Uh, in 2017, they shut down, right? They went bankrupt. So, um, here's why two reasons one, the machine cost four hundred dollars, and the juice packages cost like ten bucks or so. So, basically, in the end, you were paying five dollars for a glass of fresh juice, right? Uh, so, that's a problem, it's really expensive. The, the second part, and that's what really really broke their neck, is that <laughs> you could pump, you could squeeze the juice out of the bag with your bare hands so there was a video in i think wired magazine or 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 bloomberg or somewhere else it was insane um where someone just took the bag and squeezed it really hard and the juice came out and they were like if we can do that why do we need a 400 hundred dollar machine to do that that was really really crazy um so that caused a whole lot of uproar, right? People saying like, "This is a ripoff, scam. Why should I pay four hundred bucks for for a juicer if I can do that myself?" Da da da, and so on. And it all went downhill, and hundred twenty million dollars down the drain in funding. I mean, imagine how insane it is because people thought, "Oh yeah, we really need a juice machine." So kind of crazy, but these things happen all the time, right? They don't have they don't always happen so publicly, and not always with so much funding, but they happen all the time nonetheless. And then lastly, um, the last thing I want to talk about is we talked about Juicero. Oh, yeah. Cryptocurrencies. So here's the thing. Venture capital, the idea is for a venture capital fund, their idea is they invest in 100 startups and one of the startups is going to return the entire fund, right? So let's say you have 100 million, you put it in 100 different companies and one of those companies is going to be a unicorn that's going to get to 100 billion dollars in valuation and then you turn your 1 million that you put into it into, let's say, a billion. That's a 1000x return. And then you can forget about the other 99 million because you made 1,000 million a billion from a single investment and all the others can go to hell and it doesn't matter, right? That's their idea. So it's very much a shotgun approach. They still try to pick good businesses, but that's how they work. The same thing is now happening, except that you can get in on this too. And that makes it really crazy. So this this whole, this new thing called cryptocurrency, right? You might, may have heard of Bitcoin or Ethereum. Basically, these are currencies that only live on a software called the blockchain, which lives on the internet. So it's a decentralized network. People can make peer-to-peer money transactions. And now all over the globe, startups are popping up that are launching their own cryptocurrency. And it's the same way a, a collection of capital works with an IPO. So you, you send your money, for example, let's say you have some Bitcoin, you send Bitcoin to the startup and then you get the new currency of the startup, let's say gold coins just make up a name. You get gold coins back and those gold coins are kind of a stake in the business, right? Like a stock would be. And then when this uh sort of business starts, there are exchanges for different cryptocurrencies, the the currency gets listed and then you can trade and you can and you can watch the company develop and if it does well, the coin will go up and eventually your gold coins become worth more money. Now, here's the funny part. Everyone can invest in these, right? It's like crowdfunding. It's a mix of crowdfunding uh venture capital and then what people are trying to do is value investing to try to find valuable companies but that's really crazy because now everyone can do a scam and everyone's can invest in it there's not even the whole process of going through pitching VCs and trying to get their capital and going to funds and so on because you can just go to the general public and say hey we're making this new coin do you want to invest in us but you don't know what happens to it you're not guaranteed your funds back um And if the people, if the team just wants to run away with the coin or with the money or or just makes a shitty coin for no reason, which often happens, um, then you're all all scammed out of your money. That's kind of insane, right? That's even crazier than the startup uh, world already has become. So we have to watch out for these things. Uh, Very, very dangerous. I've invested in a couple ICOs. I'm trying myself at this game, so to speak, to like filter out the good ones from the bad. Um, so far I'm doing alright but it's really, it's a crazy scene and uh, yeah, so it seems like the hype is getting bigger and bigger alright, some insights, some musings about startups and so on, I hope you enjoyed and I will see you on the next summary